How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Love it. Anyway, here we are, are together. Um, <clears throat> any sign of those totes? <laughs> um, yeah. What? Yeah, well, like, they're designed and ready to go. Just have to have sort out some admin. Cool. Them? No, I designed them, loaded them into the systems, thought they were really nice. And then Admired I them, went sent home. Sent a few WhatsApps. Yeah, right. just wanted to get them signed off. I will. That is high on my priority list. Signed off? Like, by us? Yeah, 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 which we did. Huh. And then I put, I changed. We did it. I was in Sicily, so it was a few weeks ago. You made a change. I was like, you son of a bitch. She's yeah, done all that work. <laughs> and then you threw back. And you, we just is, had one suggestion. My suggestion was really good. I might actually. Uh, and it only involved additional hair. I'll Instagram a picture when this episode goes out and ask our listeners if they want any amends to the design. <laughs> just before we. <laughs> I think before, that's a good idea. Before we, push, you know, before we print. <laughs> Welcome back to the Creep Dive. That's Cassie Delaney. Always. <laughs> Former born again Christian. Sophie White, voice talent. Thank you. An upcoming author. Thank yes, you. already an author with another book out coming soon. Hashtag filter this. That's right. And Jen O'Dwyer. That's me That's over you. here. Nothing to promote, nothing to say. <laughs> 90% rotten. So they say. So they say. I read that. Which name? In a publication. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was formalized in print. Quote. Thanks, Cassie. <laughs> You're so welcome. 90 or 900% rotten? 90. 
Bist 10% suburban. Is that the alternative to rotten? What about um, pure? No. 10%. Okay. Right. Um, welcome back. Do you want to do the downstairs up top? I don't really have any much. I don't have much housekeeping up top. Follow well, we us at the Creep Dive absolutely. on Instagram. Follow us at Dive Creep. Give us your money Twitter. if you want to. Give us your money on Patreon.com forward slash the Creep Dive. That'd be great. You'll keep we us do coming. Love that. You'll keep us weekly. Like oh, a, review of the week. Oh Jesus, my god. There was actually gosh. a funny one there. I had a look the other night. There is Through a great one. Hold on. She were giving away these fucking totes at the rate of knots. Rate of knots, yeah. It's quite frightening. I'm not happy about it. No, because we're getting loads of great reviews and people really want the totes. So oh, here, uh, here's a little nu- nugget of info. Uh, the 80% with Esther O'More, O'More Donahue stealing <laughs> our fucking, stealing our idea. What? Hi, so. She was like, I was listening this morning. She's new episode eight. Very good podcast. Uh, and she was like, you know, you can leave me a review a la The Creep Dive. Uh-huh. <laughs> if it's good, I'll give you something. She's giving badges. And I'd oh, say... Oh, I love her badges. I've seen it. Mm. She never gave me one. Oh, you get... Oh. And I guessed it on that show. Well, it sounds like she might be a listener. So you just edit her. Scabby bitch. <laughs> uh, let's not draw people in glass houses now because no one has actually received their totes yet. <laughs> okay. But this review, five stars. Yes to this. Oh, from Tough Criminal, spelled T-U-F-F. Oh, yes. Please DM us for your tote. Yes to this. My favorite bit of the week is listening to this while sipping a flask of hot Boerville in front of the in the front seat of the Fiesta parked in an empty car park in the dark. <laughs> I am full of admiration. Do you know who that is? <laughs> Kevin Dwyer. <gasps> Stop that. <laughs> Doesn't it have a fl- like a flavor of of killer about it? Like you're thinking of Graham Dwyer. Oh, sorry, Graham. <laughs> who the yeah. fuck is Kevin Dwyer? It's um, is it Kevin MacLeod crossed with Graham Dwyer that you're thinking of? Probably. Like sitting there and it's... Did you just slander a bunch grand of people? dismemberments. Drinking a Borville. Lovely. What is Borville? Is it's it like, Bovril mixed with... It's Bovril. Borville. What's Borville? <laughs> oh, Borville's a chocolate bar. We've got no, so... It's that drink. It comes... It's like... Isn't it like a gravy? Bovril. Are you Bovril. T- Sorry. It was, Marmite. It's Bovril, yeah. Is it the beet meat stuff? Yeah, it's like kind of the boiled tails of dogs or something. My my. Uh, Why would you drink my that? My dad used to have this really, really bizarre devotion to it. Is it like a soup drink? Yeah, but it's really, it's like a jar of savoury. So savoury that your whole face kind of crumples in on itself. Salt water, no? Oh, yeah. Salty water. Salty water with a bit of kind of marrow in there. Just eat a, eat a bag of bacon fries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd eat it in liquid form. Is oh, it, yeah, that yeah. Soup. Yeah, it Oxtail is. soup. It's it's stronger than oxtail soup. Bovril. Uh, okay. Well, what's the predominant flavour? Savoury. Savoury. It's right. like a savoury punch to the face. Delicious. I, do you ever try Marmite? One time. Didn't like it. Disgusting. Mm. I agree. Not a food. <laughs> I got stopped at US You seem Coast like the type of person Who likes Marmite I like Vegemite What's that? It's like I mean It's a little It's in the family of Marmite But there are distinct differences That are very important Okay Vegetable texture Vegetarian friendly So it's not smooth It is smooth But it's like Less viscous Marmite might Almost pour Vegemite right. is very firm Spreadable Both spreadable Okay yeah. <laughs> I just whipped around and caught Jen's face. 
What is, you have a sour pussy cush on you there, Jennifer. Just can't understand why anybody would eat that for, for. It's friggin' delish. Mm. Great with an avocado. I've actually rarely found a food it doesn't enhance. Tuna doesn't work. <laughs> oh, okay. What Sorry. have we got? Okay. Do I we have a have... food of the week? Well, it's Boris Johnson, obviously. Uh, anyone reading the transcript of the neighbor's recording? Although there's been some um, suggestion that the neighbor has ulterior motives, which, of course, I'm sure they do have ulterior kind of mm-hmm. political. Anyway, him and his fucking flagrant disregard for somebody's couch with a bottle of red wine. <laughs> Fill us in. I haven't got this I haven't bit. heard this any of the this. row. So a neighbor... <laughs> heard this big row and I recorded it although I don't think the recording's been released but yeah. the transcript has and it's it's her saying you don't give a shit about anything you just stained my couch with red I can't I don't know verbatim but uh Basically, he sounds like he spilled a glass of red wine on her couch and didn't give enough of a fuck about it and <laughs> she went bananas he also started shouting then there was get out of my flat chat and then today, was it today or yesterday that they released that weird ass photograph of the two of them in a field on a deck chair chatting <laughs> as sort of everything's fine in this relationship. The right. relationship, which no one gives a fuck about anyway. She's about 19. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is bizarre. But like in a Trump, do you remember when Donald Trump said, um, I could kill a guy in the middle of New York of, of times go, uh, somewhere in the, the middle of New York on the street and I'd still get elected as president. <laughs> it feels like that. Boris Johnson's moment of... That's just, yeah, it's white men in general. Like, what? Would be fun to do like a social experiment where we could convince a white man to kind of front some campaign and we could just like see how far we could push this thing like have him stroll around with a severed head and see semi, if that affected his popularity or semi with dick out yeah yeah any of it did you see this uh, the meme of the um... <laughs> dick in croissant <laughs> just fucking a jam croissant in the middle of Spar on Cable Street still <laughs> still be fine still still be fine. Fine. for God's sake David Cameron fucked a pig head oh True. my God we gotta be careful about all the things we say David Cameron's a big fan of the pod he's a huge huge fan hey Sam, hey David. Happy Gay Pride. It's not called Gay Pride. <laughs> Happy Pride. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Nice to be celebrating something positive, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, here, do you want to hear my story or should we just shite on about? No, I think it's really important that we tell people stories. All so right. Just... Are you ready? I'm trying to think of a good headline here. Wait, we haven't done Foundation Corner yet. Quite a few people got in touch about Foundation. I'm not, foundation I've shades. never had so many people <laughs> message me about something I've said publicly. Stop, both of you stop. <laughs> so just for reference, for for everyone genuinely no. asking me about my foundation, <laughs> no. it's the 1.2 N. No. Oh, are you sure it's not an Arnett's, by the way? Excuse it is an Arnett's as well. You said BT. Oh, no, yeah. it's both Je- in BT's and Arnett's for <laughs> both sure. Both of you stop. Okay, Jen's looking horrified. Get back to the creep. I don't have a line. I do. In fact, I, my line is usually very far away. That's my line. Okay. We found her You're line. crossing out over my line. I'm not talking about makeup. Okay. And I'll, that's the end of that. <laughs> okay, Jen. Now, here I am here. Thinking of my BuzzFeed headline, which is... Teen sucked from plane. <laughs> Everyone else dead. Oh, right. 
<laughs> Not teen sucked off on plane. Everybody else dead. No, wasn't that. Do you want to hear it? This is good, right? Because what I found. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. It's not. It's not really funny, but it's. In, I mean, it's an interesting story. Okay. Her name, Julianne. Oh, fucking hell. Equine. Cope check. I'm going with. Okay. Uh, dropped ten thousand feet into the Amazon rainforest. Ooh. Yeah. Jesus. Do you want to hear how she's describing how she survived alone? This is good. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in this, Cathy, you. How did you wait with the? How'd you get out of the plane? I'm going to tell okay, you. Okay, okay. Um, she was sucked off. <laughs> the plane? Yeah. <laughs> uh, bit of background. You as well, Cassie, said this. I used to read these books as kids as well. The survival books a lot. Mm-hmm. They were sort of my thing. They were yeah. your thing too? Mine was particularly gang survivals. So like, you know, the way once you got Alive. initiated into a, yeah. Once you get initiated into a gang in like New York, you were in it for life. I read a lot of books of people who escaped gang and found Jesus. Oh, in, well, here we go uh-huh. again. You should be our fucking creep of the week. Uh, back in, Julianne Kopchek grew up in Lima, Peru, before moving at 14 to the Peruvian rainforest. I was there. Just a little point of interest for you both. <laughs> and uh, would you like to hear more? No? No. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, where her parents, Maria and Hans Kopchek, established the uh, Panguana Ecological Research Station. So after two years of accompanying them on research trips in the jungle, Julianne returned to Lima to complete high school. On December 24th, Julianne, no, sorry, 1971, Julianne was 17. Her mother boarded a flight, her mother and her boarded a flight to Lima bound for, uh, I'm going to go with Pucalpa. Yeah. You're looking blankly at me. Uh, it's the city with the airport closest to Panguana to visit her father for Christmas. So, in her own words, we're going to hear this. I'm going to attempt at South America now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my days in Lima are wonderful, she said. Despite my jungle experience, I'm a schoolgirl. Which is strange because you think like that's why despite it. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Anyway, she's... But I suppose she didn't know she was going to live or die through it, though. True. Okay. Uh, I spent my vacations in Panguana and my school days with classmates in Lima. My mother prefers to fly to pull pocket earlier. She would pref- would have preferred, but a school dance and my high school graduation ceremony are on the 22nd and 23rd, respectively. And I beg my mother to let me attend. All right, she says. We'll fly on the 24th. The airport is packed when we arrive. It's the morning of Christmas Eve. Several flights have been ca- uh, cancelled the day before and hundreds of people are now crowding the ticket counters. About 11am we gather for boarding. My mother and I sit in the second to last row on a three-seater bench. So 19F. If you're a frequent flyer, you'll know what that seat is. In the 70s. In the yes. <laughs> you recall the 70s. I'm sure it's not the sa- Is it the same? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so second to last row on a three seat bench so she's by the window as always and her mother is beside her a heavy set man sits on the aisle seat so she says mother doesn't like flying she's an ornithologist and says it's unnatural that a bird made of metal takes off into the air Mm. reasonable true so the first half of the hour long flight from Lima to Pulkaba is, is uneventful we're served sandwich drink for breakfast Ten minutes later, as the flight attendants begin to clean up, 
we fly into a huge thunderstorm. Suddenly, daylight turns to night. Lightning flashes from all directions. People gasp and the plane shakes violently. Bags, wrapped gifts, clothing fall from overhead lockers. Sandwich trays soar through the air. And half-finished drinks mm. majestic to pass sandwich soaring by like a beautiful <laughs> symphony of death. The mother's like a sandwich, a bird made of a sandwich tray shouldn't fly. People scream and cry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Julia. Shame. Um, happened a while ago. I feel like we can all laugh that. about it now. So hopefully, <laughs> this goes all right. My mother says nervously. This is not a fucking comedy story. Just put yourself together. It's you. It's you, D-W-I-E-R. Okay, (laughs) I see a blinding white light over the right wing. I don't know whether it's a flash of lightning or an explosion. So, at this point, lightning hits the the airplane. Feck. Uh, She says, I lose all sense of time. The airplane begins to nosedive. From my seat in the back, I can see down the aisle into the cockpit. My ears, my head, my whole body are filled with the deep roar of the plane. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was really in the moment there. Yeah, you broke into it. This is dense. It's just the mother starts talking again. She's just right on there. Anyway, (laughs) over everything. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny. Over, come on. The mother's minutes from death presumably Literally. And, you're, she, and you're I laughing know. at her final Look, words some people what laugh what are they we need to know what <laughs> they are people some laugh people laugh at times or 90% rotten no no over everything <clears throat> I hear my mother say calmly <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry she says oh, stop this is going to be the story <laughs> that she says now it's all over she was right <laughs> she was right she was right for she herself. She doesn't write that. She says she, that. She does not. She quotes in her own work, she was right. <laughs> no, sorry, I had that. <laughs> you can't add like, this girl's first person well, story. I have left enough of a gap, no? <laughs> no. Right. It all heads down, she was right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> there was an implied close quotation mark, comma, <laughs> comma. she was right. Bracket Jen's ad lib. <laughs> okay, we're falling fast. <laughs> People's shouts and the roar of turbines suddenly go silent. <laughs> All right, this is where it gets serious. My mother is no longer at my side. I'm no longer on the plane. I'm still strapped to the seat on this bench. I don't know why she's on a fucking bench. I guess it's the 70s. Maybe it was <laughs> just a bit of a... She's strapped into the fucking bench anyway. At an altitude of about 10,000 feet, I'm alone and I'm falling. So like, sorry. So the plane is ripped the, apart. The plane is just gone. She was literally sucked out of the plane. Fucking sorry. hell! So, but nobody else is on the bench with her anymore. What happened to the heavy set guy? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. But what we do know is that he was heavy set for some reason. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Right. Jesus. She's falling. She's alone. My free fall is quiet. She said. I see nothing around me. The seatbelt squeezes my belly. So this is not funny. Just shut up, Jen. Okay, (laughs) sorry. So that I can't breathe. Before I feel fear, I lose consciousness. Oh, I know. When I come to, I'm upside down. Still falling. (laughs) 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 I'm 
so sorry. This is it tragic. Is so tragic. Okay, crying. Now, turn, <laughs> turn the laugh to sadness. <laughs> I can't see. I'm crying <coughs> so hard. Okay. Uh, when I come to, I'm upside down. Still, no, right. That's just still falling. <laughs> sorry, guys. Just this fall is taking forever. The Peruvian <laughs> rainforest spinning slowly towards her. Um, the densely packed treetops reminding her of broccoli. <laughs> That's what she says. I see everything as if through a fog before I pass out again. Right, back in the room. When I regain consciousness, I've landed in the middle of the jungle. My seatbelt is unfastened, fastened, so I must have woken up at some point, crawled deeper into the sheltering back of the three-seater bench that was fastened to me when I fell from the sky. Long sentence. Uh, wet and muddy, I lie there for the rest of the day and night. I will never forget the image I see when I open my eyes the next morning. The crowns of giant trees above me are inst- are suffused with golden light bathing everything in a green glow she feels abandoned helpless and utterly alone my mother's seat beside me empty Jesus I can't stand up I hear soft ticking of my watch but I can't read the time I realise my left eye is swollen shut and I can't see through a narrow slit in my right eye my glasses have disappeared tragically and I've finally managed to read the time It's 9am. I feel dizzy again and lie exhausted on the rainforest floor. After a while, I manage to rise to my knees, but I feel so dizzy that I immediately lie back down. I try again and eventually I'm able to hold myself in that position. I touch my right collarbone. It's clearly broken. I find a deep gash on my left calf, which looks as if it's been cut by a rough metal edge. Strangely, it's not bleeding. I think now's a good time to tell you that the photographs I found of this girl are horrific. She's stunning. (laughs) <laughs> she looks it looks like a fucking <laughs> Why is, it looks like none of this has happened no. I feel like maybe the photographs I'm seeing could have been a reproduction <laughs> of the event but then they're pretending it's the event excuse me anyway lovely girl uh, back in the room so I get down on all fours crawl around searching for my mother Jesus Aww. I call her name but only the voices of the jungle answer me for some reason uh for someone who has never been in the rainforest, it can seem threatening. Really? Uh-huh. Huge trees cast mysterious shadows. Water drips constantly. The rainforest <clears throat> often has a musty smell from the plants that can intertwine and ramble, grow and decay. Or Sorry, the, the plants intertwine, ramble, grow and decay. Insects rule the jungle. I encounter them all. Ants, beetles, butterflies, grasshoppers and mosquitoes. A certain type of fly will lay eggs under the skin in wounds. Ugh. I know. We have discussed. Yeah. Yeah. My dad had <coughs> one of these. Oh. Botfly. Ugh. Maggot under the skin. Slight aside, did anyone remember the, I think it was Sky One did the series of weird bodily things. And one of them was a woman with this maggot living in her head. Ugh. Do you not no. remember that? No. So she had a piece of cling film over what looked like a big hole in her head. And uh, every so often you could see sort of the maggot moving. Oh. Oh. It was enormous. Stingless wild bees like to cling to her hair. Luckily, I've lived in the jungle alone enough. Sorry. Sorry, Jen. Can we what? just go back to the fact that you said a second ago Jeez. that you think the photos might have been a reconstruction? Because can I just ask, were they not who took the photo? <laughs> 
I only had to, f- I had only to find this knowledge in my concussed, fogged head. Suddenly, I'm seized by an intense thirst. Thick drops of water sparkle on leaves around me and I lick them up. I walk in small circles around my seat, aware of how quickly you can lose your orientation in the jungle. I memorize the location and markings of one tree to keep my bearings. I find no trace of the crash, no wreckage, no people, but I do discover a bag of candy and I eat a piece. I hear the hum of airplane engines overhead. I look up, but the trees are too dense. <clears throat> There's no way I can make myself noticeable here. I feel powerless. I feel a sense of powerlessness overcome me. I have to get out of this thick forest so that rescuers can see me. Soon the engine's hum fades away. I hear the dripping, tinkling gurgle of water that I hadn't noticed before. I find a nearby spring feeding a tiny rivulet. <coughs> this fills me with hope. Not only have I found water to drink, but I'm convinced that this little stream will lead me to my rescue. Is there any sense of how far she might be from anywhere at this point? No. Okay. She's in like the she's Amazonian rainforest. Deep in. She's deep in. There's Jesus. a map of where they crashed and you can see at the point that there's nothing on the map around. So I presume they're possibly small villages, but not big enough to... Yeah, and obviously wherever the plane came down was <clears throat> miles from where she probably came down. Yeah, it seems weird. <clears throat> yeah, it must have been miles away. But sure, it's so dense in the jungle. It couldn't, it may not have even been that far. She didn't do too much exploring. Yeah. Smart girl. We all know from watching Survivor. Clever girl. Clever girl, Clarice. We all know. Don't you watch a bit of Survivor? How, how lost they all get? Always trying to find a beach, never finding it. Right. <laughs> Wait, on December with on the where they have the kind of ceremony with all the fire <laughs> reality show yeah is it, it's the Bear Grylls one the okay. one I applied for oh yeah okay <clears throat> on December 28th my watch a gift from my grandmother stops for no good reason so I try to count the days as I go the stream turns into a larger stream finally into a small river since it's the rainy season there's barely any fruit to pick and I've sucked on my last candy sorry okay <clears throat> Stay cool. Okay. I don't have a knife to use, so I hack palm tree hearts out of stems of palm trees. Nor can I. Sorry. She doesn't have a knife, so she can't do that thing that I just described. <laughs> <laughs> she just described. <clears throat> Nor can she catch fish or cook r- roots. Uh, she. I don't dare eating anything else. Uh, much of what grows in the jungle is poisonous, so I keep my hands off what I don't recognize. But I do drink a great deal of water from the stream. Despite counting, I mix up the days. On 29th or the 30th, the 5th or 6th day of my trek, I hear buzzing, groaning sounds that immediately turn my apathetic mood to euphoria. It's the unmistakable call of a hotzin. A subtropical bird that nests exclusively near open stretches of water where people settle. At home in the Panguana, I hear this call often. With new impetus, I walk faster, following the sounds. Finally, I'm standing on the bank of a large river. 
there's not a soul in sight. I hear planes in the distance, but as time passes, the noise fades. I believe that they've given up, having rescued all the passengers except me. Intense anger overcomes me. How can the pilots turn around now that I've finally reached an open stretch of water after all these days? Soon my anger gives way to terrible despair. I Sorry, I didn't deliver that right. <laughs> sorry. Soon my anger gives way to terrible despair. <laughs> uh, but I don't give up. Where there's a river, people cannot be far away. So the riverbank is much too densely overcrowded for me to carry on hiking along it. I know stingrays rest in the riverbank, so I walk carefully. Progress is slow. So I decide to swim the middle of the river instead. Stingrays won't venture into deep water. Not according to... Ah. Uh, What's his name again? Steve, Steve Irwin. Irwin. There you go. I could be wrong, but I feel like... She, was he was he speared in the heart in deep water? Could have been he different was, type of in shallow water? I think he could have been in shallow <clears> water, yeah. <throat> well, she didn't do a Steve Irwin. Uh, she's looking out for piranhas. But she's learned that fi- the fish are dangerous only in standing water. Uh, I also expect to encounter caimans, alligator-like reptiles, but they generally don't attack people. Each night when the sun sets, I search for a reasonably safe spot on the bank where I can try to sleep. Mosquitoes and small flies buzz around my head and try to crawl into my ears. Ugh. Even worse are the nights when it rains. Ice-cold drops pelt me, soaking my thin summer dress. Beautiful. <laughs> the wind makes me shiver to the core on those bleak nights as I cower under tree or bush I feel utterly abandoned by day I go swimming but I'm getting weaker I go on swimming she. so I drink a lot of river water which fills my stomach but I know I should eat something one morning I feel a sharp pain in my upper back when I touch it my hand comes away bloody the sun has burnt my skin as I swim I will later learn I have second degree burns <gasps> ah as the days wear on, my eyes and ears fool me. I'm often convinced I see the roof of a house on the riverbank or hear chickens clucking. I'm so horribly tired. I fantasise about food from elaborate feasts to simple meals. Each morning gets harder and harder. I spend the tenth day drifting in the water, constantly bumping into logs that require a great deal of strength to climb over and not break any bones in the collision. <clears throat> in the evening, I find gravel bank that looks good place to, looks like a good place to sleep. I doze off for a few minutes. When I wake up, I see something that doesn't belong there. A boat. I rub my eyes, look three times and it's still there. A boat. <laughs> yes. I swim over and touch it. Only then can I really believe. I've noticed a beaten trail leading uh, up the bank from the river, but I'm sure I'll find people there. So, I, But I'm so weak, it takes me hours to get up the hill. When I get to the top, I see a small shelter, but no people. A path leads from the shack to the forest. I'm certain the owner of the boat will emerge at any moment, but nobody comes. It gets dark. I spend the night there. The next morning I wake up, still no one. It begins to rain. I crawl under the shelter, wrap a tarp around my shoulders. The rain stops in the afternoon <clears throat> and I no longer have the strength to struggle on my feet. I tell myself I'll rest at the hut one more day and then keep moving. At twilight, I hear voices. I'm imagining them, I think, but the voices get closer. Then three men come out of the forest and see me. They stop in shock. So she was discovered. So forestry workers discovered Julianne <coughs> on the 3rd of January in 71 after she survived 11 days in the rainforest That's and delivered crazy. to her safety. My God. 91 people, including Julianne's mother, died in the crash. Uh, Julianne was the sole survivor. She's now a biologist and librarian at the Bavarian State Collection of Zoology. 
Julianne returns to Pangua often, where the research uh, station she inherits she inherits continues to welcome scientists from all over the world isn't that amazing 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 story yeah. <clears throat> delivered I suppose problematically with, in places I was going to say well with gravitas mm. she would understand sometimes emotions you know can turn to laughter can be confusing with no malice I'm delighted she's alive da- sad that everyone else died mm-hmm. I just cannot believe 10, she survived feet. it yeah. Well, what about um? What was your man with the balloons? How Larry? How, yeah, he how, got up quite high, but he was he was gently eased back down for yeah. a bit with the balloons. True. Imagine the chance of survival. It must have been absolutely nothing. I mean, obviously she did survive. I guess it was the bench seat. Yeah. Like took all the impact. Yeah, she said. Well, when she when she came to, she wasn't in the seat anymore. So she must have come to before that. That she didn't remember yeah. and got her seatbelt off and moved away unless she fell separately. Mm. Do you know? She describes it as... Well, she says the seatbelt's undone. Yeah. She was away from the bench when she, <laughs> oh, she starts away. the recollection. God, mad. Fair mad. play to her. And like, do you think the rest... Like, would, every, would you undo your seatbelt as kind of a, oh, fuck. Plane's going down, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't. No, I don't think you would. You would do it up and do go into the crash position. Yeah, you head, head down. You. I just feel like I'd go to pieces. Oh my god! In yeah, the but survival like, end of things, yeah. I'd be so shit. Like if I survived, I'd just be whining and moping around. I do that thing that you learn as a child, where you're like just stay brace, put so brace. that your parents can find you. Yeah, yeah. Just stay exactly where you are. You just try to recall all those bare grill stuff. I'd be eating everything around me. I'd be <laughs> dead within a second. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. <laughs> that looks nice. I'd be bitten or something. I'd be I'd, and I'd be sunburned to, to death. Not under the c- dense canopy of the trees. Only if you went out into the. But like all of the pra- like pragmatic things that she did, like follow the river, sl- swimming in the middle of the bird. river, hear the bird. Wouldn't None have a clue. No. no, no. I can't even really swim. Couldn't happen <laughs> to a better person, really. Yeah. No, she was well equipped. Thank God. TG, TG. Well done, clever girl. Clever girl. Amazing story. Fair play to her. I thought you were going to say fair play to you, Jen. And fair play to you, <laughs> well Jen. Well done, Jen. <laughs> Stunning delivery. Did you see it on Twitter? No. <laughs> Did somebody tell me? Fuck. Okay, while you talk, right? Do you remember I told a story on tw- about the Twitter, not the last Twitter feed, the last one before that? Sorry, <laughs> the first one. The cabin one? No, the other one about the guy who um, whose grave was next to... Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. He turned out to be a... Cr- the poet. I fucking only told Sixth half of that poet. story. There's yeah, yeah. more of the... Twitter feed. I'll see if it's good. You find it and come back I think back sentiment to it. on Twitter is that that story is... Bullshit. Yes. I read that article. What? Did you? Yeah. yeah. So it was an art- Where was that article written? It was about... Was uh, the Atlantic. Yeah, it was about was the Atlantic. Twitter f- stories and how they're all bullshit. I would like to do some... We should do a creep dive on... Do you remember that Twitter story about the girl who gave birth on her own in the hotel bathroom? I went yes. and did a creep dive on her after that... Twitter story that you told us. And? And there is... I never told that story on this No, pod. no. But after the one with the... Um, your man in the grave. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And reading that article on The Atlantic about mm. whether they were all just kind of like total nonsense. Just like booksellers. Masquerading as truth. And she seems to legit exist. There's lots of international media covering that story. She has a GoFundMe page with the baby. 
Good on her. Right. Few people have taken time out of their busy schedules to go over to her Go GoFundMe page. I'd and give her tell a her she's not fit to be a mother. Oh, why? Because they're fucking assholes. But what did she do? I mean, she didn't know she was... She, I don't think... She didn't know she was pregnant, isn't that it? No, she did, but she kind of thought she'd chance she it went with the holidays. old international flight. Oh, she spoofed them about the due date because they wouldn't have let her fly. Well, she was in her last month or something oh. like that. Yeah, we shouldn't be referencing it not so deeply because unless we're going to actually trot it out. We'll do it. We'll do it again. It is a brilliant thread. Anyway, can't remember what we're saying. What do you have for us this week, Soph? Moi? How are you feeling? Mm, I have like a little, a little midi here. Little nugget. Could, little, little nugget. Little um, tumor nugget over there. I Maybe that's a good one to... We're not allowed to say is that Is it anymore. like an, a teeny nugget or... It's like, I'd say, get 10 minutes out of it. <laughs> 15 maybe. <laughs> that's what we've kind of been reduced to. Okay, well... Don't tie me. Like mine that. will leave us with kind of... Darkness? Echoes of screams. Oh, what a fine of way to... dying men. Do we want that? I think... Or do we want to end on what, what do you your nugget? I have... It'll leave us wondering if we're if there's some sort of alternative dimension. Ooh. Oh. I want to get left in the alternative dimension. Okay, I'll I go probably then. sold that too strong. <laughs> but we're coming here. <laughs> Ten minutes, alternative dimension. Okay. My BuzzFeed headline is Keep the spam in the can. Good headline. Thank yeah, you. Never tasted spam. <laughs> Missing nothing. It's, I think it's nice. I'm pretty That's sure my band on to give it to us down in the quail talk. It just tastes like bacon or something. Nah. Anyway. But it comes out in can form. That's right, yeah. You're to slice like a pate, it. but not if you right. fry it. It's just like a, a fried spam. Thing, yeah. How did you come across fried spam? Yeah. Sounded like something I'd like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Bought it in a shop. Okay, so this is uh, the story of the worst shark attack ever in history, in yeah. terms of in terms of fatalities. Oh, right! One shark? No, lots of sharks, lots of people, all the same time, uh-huh. the same day, the oh. same day, the same incident. What right? Okay. okay. Boat sank. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so. Do you remember in Jaws 1, the sea captain Quint's famous speech when they're out at the Love Cassie's blank face? Did you not just grow up watching Jaws like on the daily? Mm-mm. Okay, so that was the kind of child I was. I have watched Jaws so many times. I could I mean, probably recite it from it. start to finish. Yeah, no, I've seen it a lot of times. I'll catch him. Uh, maybe once or twice. I'll kill him. Is that the line? Uh, no, but that's one of his famous lines. Have you also only seen it a handful of times? Yeah. Oh my God. Your yeah. indifference to this is shocking to me. Oh, it's a great film. It's a fucking banger. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. We're not of the age to be able to use that phrase. Uh, you're a lot older than me, Jen. <laughs> so, um, uh, okay. So Robert Shaw, who's like this big English actor, played the sea captain in Jaws. And the story, so Jaws was like, is like known kind of almost like it's kind of a known thing that it was like one of the most kind of cursed film shoots of all time. And it was like Steven Spielberg's like kind of first shot at the big time. And like they couldn't get the shark to work. And (laughs) it was a freaking mess. And if anyone like me has a deep grow for Jaws, there's a really good 
full-length podcast series called Jaws, uh, The Making of Jaws, which is really, really good. Anyway, so they had to go out in the movie and kill this shark that was like terrorizing this um, beach resort mm-hmm. uh, in the 70s in America. Dun. And they had this scene. Dun. 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 Do you want to hear his joke? Yeah, go on. It's not mine. It, considering it's... All right. Okay. Go. What noise is... This is pride-related okay. shark. What noise does a gay shark make? Is that offensive? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a gay shark, though. <laughs> Um, very very good um, so anyway they needed to um, give the captain like motivation right for why he had it in for the shark so bad because he was just generally kind of being like kind of a like drunken lunatic in the film up till then they were like Captain Quint needs to have some kind of beef with sharks you know to give his character kind of like yeah. depth and uh, so they wrote him a speech uh, to make on the night that they go out in the boat um, Richard Dreyfus and uh, Rob Schneider to catch and kill Jaws and um, it's like just this really iconic scene it's uh, it's literally apparently in the script it was like six pages of dialogue which is completely unheard of for any like movie ever mm. um, like Nowadays, practically, you'd have about 10 minutes of no dialogue in a film, you know. So, and it's just like the camera with uh, Robert Shaw, this incredible actor. And the camera's with him the whole way. And they had like a million writers come in and like write this script. And then they had Robert Shaw himself edit the script. Then they had him drink like half a bottle of whiskey. And then they started shooting, basically. And it's just like become this iconic scene. And it turns out, anyway, that his script they based it on a real incident but basically that whole speech was based on a real disaster that took place at the end of the second world war with the uss indianapolis which was a big ship that was delivering as he says there the uh, well it's components of the hiroshima bomb and um, it was on the 6th of august 1945 and <clears throat> it Sorry, on the 6th of August 1945, that weapon would be used to destroy Hiroshima. Um, but the month before, when the, um, the Indianapolis was sailing from an island called Guam, um, they were sailing through swells of like five or six feet in this completely like endless vastness of the Pacific Ocean. And... It was just a very, like, ordinary day at sea. Sailors were playing cards, reading books. Just, I mean, that kind of, like, killing time, like, the boring monotony of being at sea. It's kind of weird to think of, like, how they were kind of sailing into this kind of, like, enormous destructive event that was going to change the world forever. And they're, like just shooting the shit on this boat and uh so did they, everybody on the boat know that that was that that was their probably not. cargo i think that some did hard to know but it is it was connected then with their distress signal being um kind of 
ignored or misinterpreted because it was such a kind of... Um, Controversial. Yeah, yeah. So they were shot at, shortly after midnight uh, by a Japanese torpedo that hit the boat um, on the starboard bow and blew like about 60 feet of the ship's front out of the water and like set a fire to gallons and gallons of fuel that sent this like pillar of fire shooting hundreds of feet straight up in the air. The, can I ask what part of the... The bow is the front. But bomb it? was on the boat. Or do you know? It was parts of it, yeah. But I don't know what parts of it. Okay. Like, as in, like, atomic element. Yeah. An well, the, no parts... Um, no parts, I think, got caught up in this explosion. Okay. Um, so... It was just the fuel of in that was in the ship, I think, that actually like turned the shitstorm into a real shitemare. Um, so then another torpedo from the same Japanese sub got the ship in the middle, again setting off chain reaction of explosions that basically ripped the ship into this enormous ship that was still travelling at speed and taking on massive amounts of water. This is just after midnight in the dead of night. Mm -hmm. And this ship sank in 10 minutes. Fucking hell. How many people were on board? Do you know? 1,196 people were on board. How big was the ship? Oh, fucking enormous. Does it have a foot length there? I do. So that would have been like a cruise ship, would it? Would that be... A cruise would take yeah, that many yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a well, fucking Well, it is a fucking ship. long ship. Like, it's, so it's bigger okay. than the Stena, I'd say. So, it was, was it used to transport people and this particular cargo? It must have been. Well, yeah, I mean, there was 1,100 or more than, nearly 1,200 so men on board. So, they weren't army-related people? Or they were? Yeah, yeah, they, oh, they were. were. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Sorry, yeah, this was so, not uh, civilians. Sorry. They just didn't lash <laughs> it off to the back of the 46A. Like, no, tape the it Stena. onto the back of the HSS. So we're just going to pop this atomic bomb here now. Don't Next mind. to the McDonald's. <laughs> so basically there was just under 1,200 men on the ship and nearly 200 died just in the explosions, in the explosions yeah. and the sinking. So 900 of them were basically left. What country are we in, Soph? Well, it's in the middle of the Pacific. What, what nationality the of, are the... the so of these? Yeah. These are the allies. So they are like US or... Okay. Or maybe like some UK or... Yeah, yeah but... Uh, and then they're, the submarine that uh, bombed them is Japanese. Um, it's 1945. So um, 900 went into the water. And... Um, as the sun rose, basically, they'd been in the water for hours um, and there was very few life rafts. So mostly people were like scrounging for life jackets, like just fully immersed, like not anything to cling on to. They were going through, like you can imagine the chaos of 900 people in the water um, just like in the middle of the ocean. And like some of them were kind of like if they saw somebody who was dead, They'd get their life jacket off them. And I mean, it was survival. Should Jack be fucked off that door? Or was it Rose? Oh, well, I mean, that door was big enough for both of them. Absolutely. Absolutely ridiculous. Agreed. They just had an imbalance 
all they needed to do was shift around care anyway. And then they could have used body heat off each other. Yeah, not a problem. Fine. None of it a problem. No. Mm. It's terrible to spend what was it like 11 million on a film and have something quite so crucial annoying like annoying yeah. watching it. Anyway. anyway. Okay, so they are army folk, the military. They tried to keep some kind of semblance of order and like kind of kind of form groups to kind of help with morale and to kind of keep each other safe because dun, with all the dun, splashing around God I'd say it's a fucking buffet it was oh a bonanza God. it was a bonanza the animals were drawn by the sound of the explosions the sinking of the ship it was like a fireworks going off from their perspective. <laughs> yeah, it was just like somebody was actually sounding a dong. Yeah, dinner, dinner bell. Dinner, so. basically. A dong, what is it? It's a gong. 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 <laughs> Close. So anyway, um, there was a lot, a lot of species of shark uh, living in the area. Um, there was an, a very aggressive species called the oceanic white tip. And, They're um, fuckers. Sharks are... Sharks show are real no mercy. Fuckers. They and eat each other as siblings in the womb. Did you know that about sharks? No, I didn't. Jen. No. Yeah, they're absolutely. They don't hook, hook, hunt in packs. That is asshole they behavior. They fucking savage out anyone and including each other. Gross. And you know what's really interesting? They lose a load of teeth in this. The way they feed is. Oh these yeah, are just, yeah. These are just they, like they off have, the top of your head. And they have they have they three have, rows of teeth. Sophie, they have infinite amount of teeth. So they lose teeth. They, yes, they have three rows, but mm. also their teeth never stop growing in. You know the skull of a child. You ever see that X-ray? And your teeth are there. The skull Waiting of a baby. Above. Yeah, right. yeah. But you only have two sets. These sharks will continue throughout their life to grow teeth. Because isn't that? Because that's just the kind of conniving bastards the kind they of are. Guns they yeah. are. So anyway, the sharks apparently were kind of um, into attacking um, live victims, even though all the men in the water were trying to get, I mean, they were basically using their fellows to try as kind of, uh, you know, human shields and, you know, like trying to kind of. Like, here's your starter. Here's your remouche bouche. Like, just take the edge off there, that hunger. Or like, maybe they were trying to like heave them clear get the sharks over there but the sharks were having none of it and wanted all the thrashing around live victims that were close to the surfaces. Why was that I wonder? I guess they're they're not going to eat dead things as quick in case they're gone off. But or I, I don't I, I, what's, what's sharks um, vision like? Do they not sense things moving in the water? Absolutely yeah. So if and there's something the moving around their whole nose that whole tip of the shark is, is this all big sensory thing. Yeah, yeah, so if someone's thrashing around and throwing bodies sure, around, you're, right. you're creating more movement around them. Do you know what's fascinating? I'm sorry, this is a bit of a, a segue as well. So they're developing, they're trying to develop anti-shark um, wetsuits for surfers. Mm. And apparently they were repelled by black and white stripe. Interesting. Beetlejuice. Or maybe orca Jail. whales. Not a problem for Beetlejuice. Because orca whales are black, black and, and white, white and yeah. they, they eat sharks. Interesting. What do you do in your spare time, Jen? I watch a lot of David Attenborough, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I just mostly focus on the animal's dick, but then when I get bored of that, I Then just, you're like, um, okay, personality open. time. <laughs> Tell me about yourself. Okay, they did, in fairness, eat some of the floating dead as well, especially on that first night. But, like, night was turning to day and then days were turning into days. 
and all these men were stranded out in open water. And um, like how how terrifying would that be? I mean, just watching the people being eaten by chaos sharks. and sounds. Ugh. Imagine it. Like, it and just like you're like life people being just absolutely reefed out from underneath. Yeah. Everyone on the edges being All picked the up. the blood just the whole, ocean, the whole ocean just foaming in blood and presumably limbs and... Guts. Oh. Do you know what's horrible And someone well. you were just talking to a minute ago then even, just partially, part yeah. of them floats past. You can't even off yourself. Do you no, know that you've way? Got nothing. You can't just end it all or be like, take me. You can't you be can't. like, I don't want to be eaten. I'm doing it my way. You're just, way wet, because you're you've just got waiting. Nothing. Yeah. You're just floating there. Oh. Waiting. And as you said, yeah, sharks have this thing called lateral line where they can feel all the motion through like their whole body and they can pick up movement from hundreds of yards away. So oh. like there was no, there was no creeping off, for example. Never mind me. Just like kind no of, doing a little Irish exit. Yeah, yeah no Irish out. goodbye out of this shit. I mean, you could ghost it, but it would be a different <laughs> meaning. And so then as the um, sharks turn their attentions towards the living, especially the injured and the bleeding, all the sailors then started to like try and quarantine themselves away from anyone with an open wound. And then, as I said, when someone died, they'd be like, get the fuck away from us. And uh, in the hopes that like sacrificing the corpse would save one person's life. Um, They were... Completely paralyzed with fear. They'd been under hours upon hours at this stage of just... Was anybody coming for them? They had no idea what was going on in the water. But like, nothing was happening. And like, as I said, days were passing. Was there rescue people? Was there, yeah. I mean, so, like, I'm sure that they tried to radio the ship and got no response. And I'm sure that they would be fucking all over it, considering it's cargo. Well, the sharks fed for days Fuck. with no sign of rescue. Oh my God. So Navy intelligence had intercepted a message from the Japanese sub that had torpedoed the ship saying, ha ha, we've gotcha. sunk an American battleship. Um, but the Why message was that? disregarded because they thought it was a trick to lure yeah. Americans but to the rescue. they hadn't heard yes. from they... the American ship yes, exactly. in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the there's possibly conspiracy theories abound as well, I'd say. The sound of chewing. Um, quite unfortunately, as I said, they've now been days, right? And like, quite unfortunately, one group of survivors uh, made the mistake of opening a can of Spam. But before they could taste it, the scent of meat drew a swarm <laughs> of sharks around them. No. Oh my We're god! Not, no, that can't be. You that just you wouldn't be. have that risked has... it. I'm sorry. You you. There must it's have true, been a moment. It's true. But there must have been a moment where we're like, is this a good idea? And someone no. was like, it'll be grand. Sophie, <laughs> how do we know this story? There must have been a survivor. Oh yeah, there is survivors. Oh, there so, is okay. Oh no, and this is totally legit. This is verified is by the Smithsonian <laughs> of the spam. I, do you know what? Okay, look, I'm going to raise my hand and say I would chance the spam because I'd be there in my mind. I'd be You're like, starving. I'll hold it clear of the water. Yeah. It'll be fine. But then, if you've ever seen rations, like... That, yeah. What we're talking about is actually not a can of Spam as you would see in the supermarket, but a commercial grade can of Spam that's about the size of okay. like a waste paper bin in an oven. Like you a know those ones. assume that would you have know those just ones sank. That are about, Yeah, how did it not sink? Actually, <laughs> might float. That might float. 
It might float. They had salvaged some rations. Imagine how salty it would be. Oh, That's on it. top of all that salt. And then the thirst these guys were experiencing. Like lots of the survivors became completely deranged and delirious by the thirst and started drinking the salt water, yeah. which will kill you as well. Mm. And they were dying from salt poisoning. But they were, it was an advanced stage of thirst where you actually start to have hallucinations. Yeah, yeah. And like they've described people in the desert, for example, stuffing sand and in their mouth believing themselves to be drinking water have you ever heard of Mm -hmm. that it's just like you're in the advanced stages and anyway so those who did this who drank the um, salt water um, were uh, getting basically a death sentence by salt poisoning and they're They'd start foaming at the mouth. God. Their lips and tongues would swell. Probably even the sharks were like, eh, no. Salty. <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> Oversalted. And also the crazy saltwater drinkers became as big a threat to all the other survivors as the freaking sharks down circling beneath as well. Because in their madness, you, yeah. they'd start dragging out of the others, pulling them under the chaos. They do say that, don't they? To... to just, I can't just if there's just, a drowning person to shove them away. Do not help a drowning person. Just kick out. If you could get yeah. them in the head, that's ideal. Yeah. They started a quite an organised shift um, of p- taking turns on the outside of the oh, group. Like emperor penguins do that. Sorry. Yes. Another episode. <laughs> yes, that's right. No, Isn't it lovely? You're such a mix of wholesome and then horrific. Like <laughs> that's, you have that's nothing the in the middle. Kingdom. 90% rotten, 10% factual. <laughs> lovely animal kingdom. Actually, alpacas do that as well, where like oh. one person will leave, one alpaca will leave the pack to protect the others and will sacrifice themselves. Get if, out of here. If something comes to attack them. Oh, like, how, how do you, which one are they? No, no I'll do, Steve, no. It's down. like a self-appointed <laughs> thing. But it's also, my turn. It's like we, we've argued over whose turn it is to pay for a bill. Yeah. And the alpacas are like, no, 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 no. no, no. You no, got that. that, that alpacas won't, um, they also won't walk on in a little pack together until they can see everybody. They're Aww. very protective of each other. It's dead cute. I know how you know that. You went on that alpaca petting kind of trip to see if you wanted to get a pet of alpaca. It's a pack. To match your Dublin 8. Is it a pack of packets? No, someday I'll retire down to Wicklow and raise some alpacas. Minimum of six, I think. Do they spit like llamas? No, they're very loving. Um, Okay, back in the Pacific Ocean, four days into the fucking feed-a-thon. Well, hang on a sec. Spam scattered in the ocean around them. I don't think you could live four days without water. Can you not? They I thought you had like three day, they might have had some water. They, well, well they did have... get some rations from the ship, but like yeah. they were drinking the salt water. So okay. I don't think there was much going. And so they were taking turns, as I said, like the safest spot to be was in the center of this pack, even though the sharks would come from underneath and from the outside. Not above, no. <laughs> Sharknado. <laughs> so imagine being on the outside because sharks always surface far away and you can see the it's what is the dorsal fin and then they drop underneath and that's when they're charging <gasps> like imagine i mean you'd be trying to pull the guy beside you in of course like it must have been a real um shit show really like Absolutely. a scrum of yeah. trying to just he's God, coming he's coming he's coming he's coming you get in front of me there so finally on 11, at 11 a.m. on the fourth day in the water, a Navy plane flew overhead and spotted Fucking this clump finally. of survivors and radioed for help. 
And then within hours, another seaplane had returned. But within hours, like, geez, there's probably yeah, yeah. like 30 bloody... How many people were left at that stage? Okay, so... Um, let me see. They could see from above as well the kind of, I suppose, the extent of the kind of horror and chaos. And they had been instructed, like, not to get down there because there was a danger of the rescue um, party being kind of, like, swamped by all the survivors. But in the end, this guy called Lieutenant Adrian Marks, who seems to have been a bit of a hero, disobeyed orders and landed in the infested waters. And he basically taxied the plane around the outskirts to pick up the wounded and stragglers first because they were obviously the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And um, so finally, like 13 hours later, a proper big ship arrived on the scene and helped to pull the last of the survivors. Oh, imagine waiting for that ship. Like oh. you weren't in the outskirts so you didn't get collected yeah, by the yeah. first drive. Yeah, and you were just waiting and waiting Man and waiting alive. and just trying hours. to stay alive for that last yeah. 13 hours. Like, you know, at the end of a festival. <laughs> no, It's exactly Jen. like that. It's not the Monday of electric work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably the most, it's the Mondayest Monday of electric picnic ever. Just get me home. Just, just get me home. Just get home. Just home. Chipper. Yeah. No, tie. Straight home. You want tie, actually, on tie. that Monday night. Yeah, something clean, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, now 1,196 men went into the water. Um, only, sorry, that was the whole crew. 900 men went into the water, 317 Jesus, that's a lot out. of dead people. That oh is a God. lot of dead people. And do we have an estimate about how many... Which were sharks. Yeah. So they believe that deaths from sharks were 150 to 200. Madness. But it's pretty hard to uh, get a clear figure yeah. on that. But Grim, I would not like to go that way. No. It's great to not be in that situation. Like, that's a nice thing to reflect on on a Tuesday. But people often go on about how, you know, like your one there in my story, that planes are so unnatural. I think being in the middle of the sea on a boat <sighs> is a freaky, very isn't it? vulnerable place to be. You think don't about want it. it. Mm. Like, you're out of, again, like flying, completely out of you're your out natural of your habitat. You're out but of I your think depth. But I think the theory is that you're more likely to, aren't you more likely to survive a being in the water than falling from a plane. Presumably, yeah, you don't have to fall. But yeah. what if you're just trying to enjoy around the world cruise and then Billy Zane is on your boat being a total wild... No, did nobody ever see Dead Cam? No! Such oh, a good movie! that sounds good. I'm going to watch it that. It is good. It's just three characters on a boat. It's psychological thriller. And it's very 90s. There's been... We should do another creep. By the There's way, been a Steve Irwin, it was chest height water. Right. Yeah. Shallow. There's been a lot of boat deaths. I'm I'm pretty sure there's been a lot of like cruise murders. That's what I was going to say. <gasps> there has. There's a lot of creepy cruise chat. Dead cam. Actually, yeah. in 1989. Some of this homemade treats. Thank you, Sophie. Early Nicole Kidman and oh, yeah. Sam Neill, two faves. Oh. Clever girl. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Sophie made some homemade treats, and they are delicious. Thank you. Are they full of strep throat though? Mine. No, what are they? I want Mine the recipe my for that. Yeah, I'll give you the recipe. Um, okay, thank you for that, Sophie. It was so grim. And uh, 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 um, a weird theme has emerged because we've gone from a plane crash to a boat crash mm. to a car crash. No way! 
Mm. Yeah. Now that is something. Jay. Isn't it? That's Nobody's creepy. going to go on any sort of transport over the weekend. Um, okay. So this is a story I actually came across months ago when I was researching for the creep dive and I forgot about it and then I came back to it today. This is a story of a young student going missing and how it all happened. And it's very bizarre. Cool. Very, very bizarre. Okay. On Tuesday, 13th of May, 2008, Brandon Swanson, who was 19, was in Minnesota visiting with his friends. Um, he had just completed his first year of college and he was out at a party in a place called Lind. Um, between... So we went to a party with friends. He was driving and people at the party described him as not being drunk. So he wasn't intoxicated. Where are we in the world? Uh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. It's always fucking Minnesota, isn't it? Or Florida. Always Florida. Um, So Brandon left that party between 10.30 and 11 p.m. But he was going to another friend's party um, in a nearby town of Canby to say farewell and goodbye. So at the first party, people described him as not being intoxicated and witnesses at the second party said that he had a shot of whiskey, but he left sometime after midnight and he wasn't drunk. So bearing in mind that if he hadn't been drinking at the first party and he had one shot of whiskey or one thing of whiskey, he was fine. So there was a direct route from Canby to Marshall, which is his hometown, um, and it was approximately a 30 minute drive. Um, but at, so he left sometime after midnight, should be around home maybe quarter to one at the latest but at 115 um he got his car stuck in a ditch alongside a gravel road um he tried to call his friends for help but nobody answered their phones and so at five to two he called his parents so he'd been stuck for approximately 40-ish minutes he called his parents brian and annette swanson and informed them that he had he would need a ride because his car was stuck. His car was had, had gone into whatever way into a ditch and he couldn't get it out. And he didn't think they were going to get it out that time. So he just asked them to pick him up and get left home. He said he where he was between Marshall and Lind and he gave them his location. Bearing in mind he had been coming from. So Lind was the first party. Camby was the second. But he had somehow gone. He was in between Marshall and Lind. Uh, he said he wasn't injured. He was fine. And he sounded fine on the phone so his parents drove to the location to pick up their son and when they arrived at the location Brandon had given they could not find him Annette his mother in the car Annette called him on his cell phone and they both agreed to flash their lights to let each other know they were there so she She had him on the phone so she has him on the phone Ah. she can hear him flashing the car lights and at one time she kept saying, we're flashing our lights. We're flashing our lights. His response was, don't you see me? They never saw him. Implied that he can see them. No, he couldn't see them. They couldn't see each other. But she says that she could hear the lights. Down the phone. Well, That's what I thought would hear something. The, yeah. Or he could, she yeah. could maybe hear the whatever. They never saw him. Brandon got frustrated and he hung up, the, he hung up on his mother. But Annette quickly called Fair. him. Yeah, she was, he was like, fuck this. But Annette <laughs> called him. Imagine your mom in the, in the dark. And be, can't you I see can't me? see you, Brandon. Brandon! <laughs> Shine them brighter. I have a mini creep of the week involving my mother, actually. Remind me after. Okay, we'll come back to it. Um, so Annette called him back, apologized for getting frustrated, and told her 
he could he told her he told her he told his mother he could see the town lights he could see the lights of Lind so he yeah. was going to walk towards the town they said to meet back at Lind in a place that they were familiar with were they on the same road yeah like I mean, it's apparently it's this one yeah this one and it's a short enough space or whatever were they on the same road but in a different time so while Ooh. driving Bran, Brian and Brandon talked on the phone so he's on the phone to his dad um, and then Brandon explained that it'd be quicker for him to cut through fields so on the way he was walking through gravel roads saw two fence lines and heard running water um, the call lasted about so he's walking back presumably but the call lasted about 47 minutes when all of a sudden Brandon yells oh shit and the call was disconnected. Ooh. It sounded like he had fallen. Uh, numerous attempts to reach Brandon's phone were unsuccessful. The phone rang each time. It was called until the next day when calls went straight to voicemail. So presumably he had died. Um, Brandon has had not had any communication with his parents since. So what? Oh my the search, God. The search for Brandon. So... Uh, at 6.30 a.m. the next day, Brandon's parents called the police to report him missing. The police say they have to wait a while because it wasn't unheard of for young males to go off the grid for a bit. Well, hang on. This this circumstance is pretty unusual, though. Yeah, it is. Obviously very unusual, but they still delay it. Um, so then they start looking at cell phone records and it did show that Brandon was nearer Porter, another place, than Lind. Ah. Um, so it's possible he'd just gotten disorientated. Um when he had phoned his parents. So Porter sits between Camby and Marshall. Uh, and there is a map explaining where all these areas are because it's it's not that like, it's not that they were a million miles away from each other. And it's very like, it's one highway, you know? Yeah. No turn off, sir. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's all along Highway 68. A search began at 12.30 p.m., that night or whatever or that day um brandon's oh yeah that, later that day so about six hours after they'd called the police and brandon's car was found right uh it was found on the border between lincoln yellow medicine and line counties we don't know where they are so it doesn't really matter but, but it was, was no found. it was found right there was no physical damage to the vehicle or evidence of bodily injury so it literally just slipped off the road you know like it wasn't that bad a crash like he wasn't it didn't look like he'd been injured no 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 and sure he'd been talking to his parents and he was walking and like he said he wasn't injured but maybe so, yeah he might have hit his head during the crash and been a little bit confused but it didn't we, seem like there was they, they, didn't, they said det- no det- no evidence on the call yeah okay um so the county sheriff jack Vizekin, Vizeki, Vizeki told CNN at the time it's a sort of a sharp incline nothing major but enough that the car would get hung up so the wheels were too high off to the ground to get any traction so just like he'd gone yeah. up a little bank um so over the months that followed Brandon's disappearance volunteers emergency personnel and law enforcement utilized walkers boats horseback and all-terrain vehicles to search all areas of Lincoln line and yellow medicine counties bodies of water including the yellow medicine river 
The authorities believed it was possible that Brandon had fallen into a body of water and drowned. However, search dogs followed his scent to the river's edge but continued walking on, suggesting that Brandon had maybe fallen into the river but had managed to get out and continue walking. Um, The temperature that night was around 39 degrees Fahrenheit, which is just less than 4 degrees Celsius. So it's possible he'd succumbed to hypothermia. But um, search dogs picked up on the scent of human remains a few times, specifically in an area north of Porter near Mud Creek, but no body has ever been found. Mud Creek, does that mean bog Mud territory? Cre- no, it's it's just an area. It's just the name of an area. It must be like... Well, the terrain wasn't... Yeah, probably just near a river or something. Near the river, you know. Um, but no body has ever been found. They have no evidence of foul play and believe Brod- Brandon's... Remains would be within the 122 square mile search area. Yeah. Mad. But I have never, ever, found ever him. been found. And none of his things were picked up? No, no phone or... Do you know? No. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. And so he could see a town when he, he started He recognised so the lights of the town. The direction so he, he was walking in or... Well, that's what the, he said he was walking in, was towards the lights of a town. So they could yeah. see from the car what direction he would have taken off it. Yeah. Like you would think that that would have been a very simple. But also the, they were driving <coughs> around for 47, you know, they're driving around while they're on the phone for 47 minutes. It's not that big an area. The initial distance is only approximately a half hour drive. You think they would have at least come across the car, car with the lights on. Yeah, or, or near him to see it in the distance. Yes, yeah. and it's kind of flat and not very populated. This stretch is it? And I, that's what I'm kind of picturing. Yeah. So if if there's no street lights, you would see a car's lights from miles away, like flashing, wouldn't you? If there was no other lights in the area. Yeah. Defo. So what, Jesus? So that's the end of him. So never nothing never been found. And it's it's um. So when was that, Cassie? So that was, I said, uh, 2008. So we're 11 years. Um, so Whoa. there is a new, so his parents did um, bring, managed to bring in a new law, Brandon's law, which was signed in a year later. And it basically is a law requiring law enforcement to take a missing persons report without delay. Yeah. Especially if it's under dangerous circumstances, no matter the person's age. Can they track the location of mobile phone? Yeah, because it's, it's the pinging, pinging off, off the, the tires. tires. But, but did they ever find the mobile phone? No. no. They never found the phone. That's really no. weird. Isn't it? Oh shit, implying he's fallen. Yeah. You're going to drop your phone. Yeah. So there's loads of theories because obviously well, this. Does everyone remember the X Files episode that feels like it was practically based on this? Could have no. been. Oh, the parallel universe. Well, it's this like, I just, I'm just scanning the first few seasons here, trying to see if I can find it just based on the title, which is tricky. Get in touch, creeps and creepettes, if you know the Mm -hmm. one I'm talking about. But it's like, it's rural setting and it's like truck, people driving along this one stretch of road and they see bright lights and they disappear and then they like reappear days or weeks or months later. And it's like, they just sort of, they hypothesize that this stretch of highway is like a kind of a wrinkle or something in the time space continuum and people are slipping through and slipping back and forth 
get in touch, peeps. If anyone knows the one I'm talking about, is that potentially is that ever the... referenced? Um, uh, no, there's loads of theories that like potentially. What was his full name again? Brandon Swanson. There's um, theories that um, that someone overheard him and followed him. Um, that he might have been taken by somebody. Uh, yeah, because I mean, the, I mean, your assumption would be that he did drown. He was dragged, you know, down by the river. But authorities are saying that there's nothing to indicate that he ever fell into the river. And was the river like? Is it kind of high water or? I'm not. Because they're sure. saying then there was there's evidence that he got indicate. up the other side. You know, with the sniffer dogs picking up his scent again yeah. on the other side, like that kind of suggests that it's like more of a river that you're like kind of fording. You can kind of walk mm. through it, or it's up to your ankles. Or yeah, your... exactly. He got yeah. through the river. Yeah, it is so. What are the conspiracy theorists saying? Do you have any debt or any reason to disappear or anything? No, she just finished his first year of college. He was only 19. Um, I think there are some... Uh, there's some. There's loads of YouTube videos. Uh, Were you creating the... No, there's just loads of people sharing their theories. I think that like people suspected for a while that his parents were somehow involved because they said the car wasn't actually unmovable. And it obviously it was their word. Yeah, and so his. you could drive it, you could have driven it away potentially. Well, the police would have said that, surely. Then it would have turned into a murder investigation. Yeah, I mean, because that's the most logical. So if they yeah. could have turned it into that, I'm, I'm sure, sure they, they would have. They were saying that he has is blind in one eye, which is which could have affected his kind of spatial reasoning and made him kind of more prone to falling or yeah. having a fall. But well, still, where's the... Where's body. the body? Maybe just some yeah. random kind of serial. And some people have kind of attested to him faking his own dis- disappearance. Yeah, I mean, which his family dispute, like, dispute, and just thinking this never would. Nineteen. What like, are you reading there, Cassie? You look engrossed. Just, um, just trying to get up more, uh, more theories. Poor guy. I mean, that's a that's a shitty imagine that from the family's point of view I mean just un- just bizarre you'd just be like oh, I was talking to him five minutes ago imagine for the rest of your life being stuck at boring dinner parties and people being like do you know the darndest thing happened to me this week Yeah, I was in Target and I got a shopping trolley and you'd be like no hang on just a second Justine I have a story yeah. <laughs> like I'm not going to put up with any of your boring shite. Exactly. My husband slipped through the time-space wrinkle on Highway 68. Yeah, there's lots of people saying things like he knew the area so well. How did he not realize exactly where he had been? Like what even I... if he was, but even if he was a little bit drunk or even if it was his eyesight, he still knew it so well that... But he thought he was in a different town. No, he thought he was at a, a different point during the drive. Yeah. So, so I think that was... they were discombobulated yeah so he was just a little bit further away than he thought so there's there's a blogger here called true crime diva and she says brandon called his friends for help after the car went into the ditch can be to where the car was found is no more than a 15 minute drive so how did he think he was between lind and marshall that would have been at least a 30 minute drive did he not realize he'd been driving far did he think he was driving home from lind which is where he originally was that night was what was the cause of his disorientation? 
So yeah, there's something that does not add up. Where is the body? Yeah. Where was he? What was, was Lynette talking about when she said she could hear the lights? Did he have any enemies? Well, there was um, some commenters on YouTube and Reddit who claim they are from the area and that they heard rumors about him having a drug debt. Yeah, well, uh, that's the first thing I thought, meth. Mm. <laughs> One person said that he was left. This is also borrowed from an X-Files episode. One person said that he was left in a field and ground up with cattle feed. Okay. Mm. The other said that they heard he is buried in one of the Dakotas. Obviously, this is a bit more likely. This person then says, obviously, of course, you have to take comments like that with a grain of salt. (laughs) But this commenter thinks that it makes sense. Because. Well, they would have to be following him with the with their lights off that he didn't notice them behind him tracking him in the dead of night somehow because yeah he was after, wandering well, around he was just talking from a party yeah but he was talking on the phone the whole time he would have mentioned somebody's behind me or well true true and how likely would he have been to just walk into them in a the field i mean yeah a lot of th- you know another theory here that he was hit by a drunk driver and the driver well that is a theory that you yeah. could believe yeah so like we I went, know what that you did drunk, last summer. Drunk driver picked up the body and then made off with it. Oh, that just would be the most. Oh, just what a buzz wreck. Explain, but it'll like, explain why the body's never been found in the 121 kilometer search area. Yeah. Completely. Like somebody's just like, yeah. hey, load her up. Load her up. What will we do with this? No. Grind it but into presumably burgers. Presumably if he's on the phone, this is just a theory. I don't know, maybe, but presumably he's on the phone when he's hit by a car. He said he, he says, was oh, crossing shit. through uh, fields, though. He said he time. was going to skip through fields. So maybe he hadn't quite gotten there. Tractor? No. Silent. Just at 1am, just somebody <laughs> tractoring around. An electric tractor gliding <laughs> silently <laughs> through a field. Anyway. Oh, no way. It's got to be a wrinkle in the time space. I think it's probably the most likely Definitely. He's still on that road. Trying to get signal for his phone. Stuck in this loop. Mm. Hmm. Freaky. Like, um, wouldn't it? Oh, also, sorry, there's theories here that like his parents were on the same road. They would have seen another car, another driver. Oh, yeah. If it was a drunk driver. If it was a drunk driver. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, That no car has passed them. Mm. That's strange as well. I mean, it was a party. I'm sure people were leaving it. People drive drunk in America all the time, according to the movies. Someone just said he said, oh shit, because his phone was going to die. Anyway, it kind of reminds me of this story that um, Seb's aunt uh, has. So she lives in Clifton. And um, do you know the uh, road from Clifton to Connemara? It's the 59, the N59 or whatever. And uh, it goes through um, Uchterard. This uh, fairly big town outside Galway. And she told this story. She's always told this story. Like she's completely, I mean, this is fact to her. Whatever about what actually happened. She was driving into Galway uh, years ago one day to go collect her friend. And she was coming through Uttarad and there was just like police everywhere. Chaos. The air was full of smoke. Because there's a golf uh, course on the side, on the left as you're coming from Clifton. 
in Uttarard and uh, it was in flames. Like an enormous fire was raging and this uh, officer was kind of slowing down traffic and she rolled down the window and he was like, yeah, I mean, it's under control, but we're just really working to try and keep everyone safe and yeah, slow down. As yeah, you can. yeah. And just take it easy and everyone's OK, hopefully. blah. And so Gillian carried on to Galway and uh, she got her friend and she was even like, oh, this huge fire in Uttarard golf course and like, I hope everyone's OK. And like, it was absolutely huge. It was nuts. And they were, so they were driving back out to uh, Clifton. And on the return leg, she was kind of like coming into Uttarard, like sort of like just, you know, ready to kind of slow down or, you know, if there was going to be a bit of a mm. wait or traffic. And there was nothing. What, the golf? The golf course wasn't on fire. It wasn't smoldering. It hadn't recently been on fire. What the fuck? It had she was... had a micro sleep? <laughs> no, no. She must have had a little dream. No. So what did she have? I think she wrinkled. Slipped into wrinkle. the wrinkle She got time. into the wrinkle. What? That's so bizarre. Isn't it's that so, so weird? Like that is one of the stories that gives me the biggest heebie-jeebies. I don't know why. she herself is constantly telling it saying, look, <laughs> this happened. Her telling in. is very creepy. Yeah, I'd say. And that, nothing like that ever really happened to her before or since? No. She isn't kind of prone to the delusion? <laughs> no, not at all. Had she had a couple of vodka? <laughs> no, not at all. Was That is weird. Yeah. Like of all the weird... Yeah, but like everything about it. Like I once all called the, the Coast Guard kind thinking of, I'd seen a, f- a flare go up. But Jesus. no. But no. But I do distinctly... The cloud moved and it was the moon. <laughs> I was on the phone to the Coast Guard. And you Guard. had a few vodkas. No. <laughs> You're just convinced and just doing your, your civilian duty to alert somebody. I was, yeah. You were like, me and Dan were sitting on a rocket uh, and we were like, Fuck, that's, I think that's a flare. Were you we were shifting? Like, well, no, we were looking at the flare. <laughs> and we were both like, I know what it is. No, it definitely is. So then we decided it was. And then we called the oh, and then 999. Rumour and panic. True to the Coast Guard. And who realised it was the moon? Oh, well, it was, obvi- it was obvious. <laughs> we were both like, oh. Shit, I just hung up. <laughs> I should have said, what was I going to say? I've uh, made a mistake. Oh no. Shit, I should have, yeah. yeah. Yes. I should have said so that. Sorry, I just... All the man errors they wasted. No, no, no. I didn't get to the point to tell them where I was. Okay, They were good. just like, weirdest call ever. <laughs> Wasn't that stupid? Yeah, sometimes you think you see a thing, but you've never seen the thing at all. <laughs> or it's the moon. What? Yeah. <laughs> you, what? But there was definitely like in the early 90s, people, UFO sightings all of the time. Like, yeah, we've got to get Area remember- 51 covered. <gasps> I know. Yeah. It is. That was really trending hard. There was a, like, what, five years that it was... I remember standing on my road with other children. We'd be like, ah, there's a UFO. What do you mean? As in we were like, there was one day that we were out looking at the road. There was something in the sky. And we we're like, is that a UFO? What is it? It was some sort of like, didn't seem like a plane. We thought it was a UFO. We were well, children. Definitely wasn't. <laughs> was it the moon? No, because it was moving. <laughs> it was a plane. No. What drone? Is- Before the time of drones, Helicopter. really. I mean, it could have been anything. Could have been anything. Obviously, I'm not saying it was genuine ufo but i remember being like just accepting the fact that it was potentially a ufo yeah do you know what i often see and i think you know when you're watching your baby monitor no don't have one uh i don't have one either but yeah go you on. see those things that they used to you remember that show um what, like most haunted oh yeah and yeah they called them orbs at the time yeah so it's like when you're watching it yeah like this 
like it could have been a thing of dust, but it looks like a little orb floating in the back around your baby. And what is it? A kind of like a demonic soul, or it's what those or a bit orb of dust things catching are. Catching the light, is it? It's a bit of dust. It's a, no, but it's, it's a also a. Um, it's any, any sort of like scratch in the lens of a camera. Oh yeah. When you're taking a photo oh, or yeah. a video. Have you guys ever around. seen this picture? Uh, You'll have to re-describe it for the listeners if you remember. We're gonna have to wrap this up. Also, yeah, I know. Sorry, been, uh, as long it's as the like Titanic. Two hours long. Well, the budget was less anyway. <laughs> What's this say? What? Oh, look at that. that. You're so showing us the Cooper family falling yeah. body photograph. Yeah. yeah, have you ever seen it? Amazing. No, what is it? Oh, so it's, it's a family freaky. photograph from when the eight, early... It's kind of 50s, early 60s maybe. Do you know, I'll put it on the Creep Dive Twitter. I'm go- I'm, I've already idea. got it on the Instagram. <laughs> have you? <laughs> that exact one. Yeah. What? It's yeah, just, yeah. It's just gone up right now. So follow us at Dive Creep. We like to keep you guessing. Uh, on Twitter, Graham. Don't forget to give us some euros. Do, do. Do you know it'd be no, only do lovely? Give us a few yo-yos. Keep us going. Please do give us a few euros. We really appreciate our patrons and uh, everyone's getting a tote. Please continue to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow us on all the social media channels. Please come back next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.